Welcome, my name is Peter Preston and you're listening to the Dear Video Podcast, where I share resources and behind the scenes looks at building better connections with customers, clients, and even colleagues with the top video marketers who are doing this stuff every day. Today, my guest is Connor Olmsted. He's a video producer at America's Test Kitchen where he shoots, edits, and helps produce all this amazing online content. Connor, thanks for joining me today and I appreciate you having, having you here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, so I, I want to dig into, you, you work with me, Kim, who we've interviewed for the show before at America's Test Kitchen. Could you walk us through what the Test Kitchen is and what you guys are doing over there? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so America's Test Kitchen is kind of like at its core, it's a publishing company. Um, mm-hmm. They've been established for almost two decades now where they are a cooking publication. Yeah. They produce magazines books and uh, they have a very, well, not unique, but what I think is a very interesting way of style of how they produce these recipes, where in the sense of they go at it in a very scientific way, almost like a scientific method, where they will take a recipe and they will basically test every aspect of that recipe um, to yield the best results of it. So Mm -hmm. if you take like, you know, any type of dish, normally what will happen is a person will make it, develop it, workshop it around the office, see what needs to change, what's good. And then they actually send it out to people, actual consumers, and to see how easy of a recipe or how, you know, how faithful of a recipe it is. And it has to meet a certain threshold. And if it doesn't, it goes back and it gets workshopped. So that's what's really cool, because it's one of those things that like, they like, they can say that, you know, they're not necessarily saying that this is the best version of this but they are saying that like we can say with 100% confidence that this is a almost foolproof way to make this if you follow these directions you should be able to have no trouble making this and it's super cool so they started off as that they're also have had a very popular television show on public access for for also a number of times um America's Test Kitchen and Cook's Country so they have both been part of the publishing world and the television world for a number of years. Yeah. I happen to work on a their their video department, which is slightly different compared to their television department. Okay. Um, when I joined them in 2016, they kind of had a video presence for online and web publication, but it was very much kind of geared towards online content that was part of perks and benefits of becoming a member of their site. Okay. Since then, it has really shifted gears and has really tried to make uh, a name for ourselves in every aspect of web presence, not just on our website, but also to be part, like to provide content for people through like YouTube, through social spaces, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We actually just uh, past few weeks launched our own TikTok channel. Oh, nice. Um, So we're trying to cover all different aspects of just online presence. And it's really, once again, it's still within that core messaging of like trying to provide confidence to everyone Mm. on that. Like anyone can be a cook no matter what, but in the past few years, we've also kind of like shifted gears of also showing that, you know, well, yes, we go about a very, you know, kind of like approach also to just have fun because that's, because that is what cooking should be. It should be something that brings people together. It should be something that like really kind of like helps everybody in any situation, but also, it can be really fun and it can be really silly. And that's kind of like how we've, that's kind of like how we've been going about it for at least the past uh, few years or so. Have you found that recently, like just, I mean, for anyone listening to this context wise, if, you know, God willing, the, the pandemic is cleared up. Have you found that during the coronavirus, like, and the pandemic that people are, you're getting more traffic and it's more people cooking and more people experimenting? 
yeah, engaging actually, with the brand? It's it's such um it's such a weird thing to to kind of notice. Whereas all other aspects of, you know, like everything is completely changed and all their aspects of how people uh, consume information and how they go about their daily lives has been drastically changed. And, but we noticed, at least with us, just at America's Test Kitchen, but also more importantly within our specific department of video content production, we saw a dramatic rise in people viewing our content, ingesting our content and mm -hmm. wanting more. We yeah. actually joke that like other places that might be slowing down, the amount of content that we have produced since going into lockdown and doing things like more remotely, it's actually doubled. Wow. We've actually, yeah, like we are actually busier now than we normally were because it's not just also this aspect of wanting to provide this content for people, but because we're seeing so many people out there who want to learn more, who want to try new things and also in a weird way, just like they want something that's, you know, regardless of everything that's happening, they want something that's timeless, something that yeah. they can do. And cooking can really do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, one, the, the, the funny thing, though, is because obviously we've had to shoot remotely. Obviously, how we go about this is we're no longer in a studio. We're no longer, like, using all of our professional equipment. It really has shifted to, you know, people are at home. Here's your iPhone. Here's a tripod. Here's, like, you know, um, a desktop microphone, et cetera. And that's been really cool. And the funny thing, though, is even though we kind of shift that, what clearly looks like instead of being in a studio to people's houses, the, our audience seems to really enjoy that. They actually really seem to enjoy kind of like the personal touch, as it were, that they're getting an insight into people's uh, home life. And the funny joke that we see, we see this a lot on our YouTube comments, mm -hmm. which as our video team we joke about, is we've seen so many comments of people saying, I love this direction that America's Test Kitchen has taken where they are no longer editing their videos. It's just the people at home uploading their videos. And we and our team, we just, we get a giant kick out of that. Because yeah. once again, you're the opposite. We are now doing more editing than we normally would to, you know, take these uh, videos shot on an iPhone on 9x16 and make it look like to the same quality that we wanted to, but also the quality that, you know, people kind of expect. But it's kind of like a weird compliment. It's like, okay, they think that somehow it's just like not edited at all. <laughs> I suppose it's kind of like women, you know, women in makeup, right? It's like, right. If, it look, if it looks like you're not wearing any, that's the best compliment that anyone Exactly, can... exactly. You know, you, you, spend, <laughs> you spend two hours doing your face and so it's like, oh my yeah. God, I love you without any makeup. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, well, that's, that's like good on you. I noticed like looking through your background that you've got a lot of sort of education type experience and a focus on providing education, educational content. Mm -hmm. what, what drives you to to continue in that space or be in that space? So it's, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I always knew like far, far back that I always wanted to do some type of career in media, mm -hmm. whether it was entertainment, education, something like that. I just knew that I really enjoyed media. And for the longest time, especially post-college, I thought that what I really wanted to do was like be a part of an industry, like work in professional television, work in movies and things like that. And after giving it a go for a bit, and for a whole nother reasons, which I'm happy to get into later, but for a whole number of reasons, I realized one of the big ones was that I just wasn't feeling satisfied with the idea that I was producing something that, well, not saying something for purely entertainment is bad. It just mm -hmm. it wasn't as fulfilling for me. And then it actually kind of, it all kind of clicked into place for me when uh, I shifted gears from doing video full time, where I actually spent a year 
kind of doing video, but also doing um, social media managing for Planned Parenthood based here okay. in Massachusetts, Planned Parenthood of Boston. Yeah. They actually hired me to, originally they hired me to make some educational videos for them, but then they actually asked me if I would be like a social media manager, which was really funny because I had absolutely no experience doing that before. But I was like, as long as you know that, I'm willing to take, <laughs> take a chance on that. And it was after that, that really, really made me realize like, oh, wow, I really like this idea that even if it's some small part of a bigger picture, the idea that I'm help contributing something that is either helping people or at the very least, at the end of the day, teaching them something new, that, that, that made me feel very accomplished and felt really good. So when I was given the opportunity to then work at America's Test Kitchen, I, it, it kind of provided me with that same idea. It's like, oh, wow, in my own small way, I'm either helping people give them more confidence in the ability mm -hmm. of working, or at the very least, I am helping in the sense of that if somebody wants to make something to make them feel better, to make somebody else feel better, or just feel more connected, I'm doing yeah. that. And that's, it's a, it's a really cool feeling. And it's like one of those things that really helps remind me of why I like doing the work that I do. Yeah, no, that's nice. And I, I can kind of, I can see that in the work that I've, I've seen of yours and kind of just wanted to dig into that a bit and kind of see where that came, <clears throat> excuse me, came from. Another I guess a part of that. So you went to Planned Parenthood. You took on a role that you really, as you said, hadn't done before. Yeah. Um, how much of that do you lean into? I mean, it seems like that's not uncommon for you to kind of take on roles that. It's, and you you mentioned it pre-interview too. Is like if there's if you ha don't be afraid to to admit your limitations. Yeah, and you know it's kind of interesting that I go about that because <laughs> truthfully, when I'm presented with kind of like a new challenge or a new opportunity. I'm actually terrified about it, at least internally. Like, funny enough, I actually, it, it's kind of weird to see myself where I am now, where like I am a producer helping create and decide what content we're putting out there. Whereas like easily, even just a few years ago, that idea would absolutely petrify me. I was very <laughs> used to the idea of, that's, I think that's kind of why I liked at the time, why I enjoyed working in television so much, because I knew my defined role. Like mm. I first started off as a PA and then I was an AC and then I was like, okay, I know my role. I'm helping get this ready. I'm reporting to this person. I'm getting all this done. You know, didn't really have to think too much outside of there because that really kind of terrified me. But also at the same time, and I think I mentioned this in my little pre-interview thing that I like, once again, it doesn't matter how big or how small, I always want to take an opportunity to learn something new. Yeah. I mean, especially within the field, especially within the field of media production, because I'm sure as you are aware, it's like exponential, kind of like with technology itself. The game changes, I feel like every few years, <laughs> like the way we go about consuming, producing media, it, it wasn't even like this, I would dare say even four years ago, you know, yeah. it's just, it, it so drastically changes. And I feel like if you want to not even necessarily stay relevant. If you want to keep enjoying what it is that you do in this field, you have to keep learning. You have to keep adapting. And that also means going out of your comfort zone. And yeah. uh, that's why, you know, when you mentioned with Planned Parenthood, I was really willing to do that. It was twofold. It was this, it was an excuse for me to learn more about a type of position I really didn't know anything about, but I knew tangentially knowing how you manage the idea of social media, looking what's out there, what's how people ingest social media. Mm. I know how important that is today with video content and how you produce that. And I could go into more detail about how that could even be broken down further depending on what platform you are using and like 
the demographic that you are subjecting it to. So I knew like, okay, on one hand, this would be very educational for me to get some more insight into yeah. a type of role and a type of information that I don't normally know. And also it was a great excuse. Cause I'm like, I, at the time it's like, I know absolutely nothing about, well, besides the very basic stuff I knew learned of sex education. I was like, I don't know much about, you know, you know, reproductive <laughs> education, protection, or rights. Right. So I was like, this is great. This is a field that I don't really know much about, so I'm very happy to learn more about it. So when I worked at America's Test Kitchen, it kind of started off the same way. It's like, okay, you're hiring me to be a shooter and an editor. I know that. Great. Mm. And then slowly by slowly, they're like, oh, we want to pitch you on this new series that we'd like you to do. Or, oh, we want to start doing live streams. We want you to be in charge of it. I'd be like, okay, cool. But internally, I was absolutely absolutely terrified but i don't i don't let that stop me but to your earlier point i always make clear about limitations mm -hmm. because i don't say because honestly i don't think about expressing or accepting your limitations as a bad thing you shouldn't have to go about you know your profession trying to pretend that you know everything or you right. can do anything it's totally okay in my mind to say hey i may not necessarily you know know a lot about this but the point is I am willing to, I'm willing to learn. And I also think it's very crucial and important to also understand, hey, I may not be the best at this. I'm willing to ask for help and assistance. Yeah. You know, that like, I, I don't consider that a bad thing at all. And truthfully, once again, kind of related to media, I kind of wish more people were honest about it. Cause I know how scary that can almost be this idea of like, if you like, especially, especially if you've kind of got like a gig based system, it can be very difficult uh, and almost detrimental to be like, Oh, I may not be the right fit for something like this. You know, I used to like, I, I turned down a few gigs in the past when I was still freelancing because while it sucks that I wouldn't get a gig, you know, I was, I was upfront with people being like, I, you know, it's like at the time people would be like, Oh, we want you to animate this complex thing. I was like, I only know some bare bones mm. stuff about animation and I feel like it comes down to either you kind of lower your expectations a little bit about what it is I can <laughs> deliver, or you might want to consider making sure that this product, like whatever it is, your end result, that it's satisfied to what you want instead of like wasting time and energy and money on, you know, on this idea that it may not be what you want. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on something around that because for someone like yourself, you've been in the field for a while. And so you've got a bit of a body of work behind you. So there's, there's people are going to know you and know that they can be confident that they've seen you learn, they've seen you kind of grow. If you're, if you were just getting started, it's a bit mm -hmm. harder probably to lean into something like that and say, yeah, hey, I, may, I may not know it, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Like, what would you say to I don't know, like either your younger self or someone just getting going where it's like they, they can see their limitations. Is it okay to admit it then? Or like what, what does that look like when you don't have that reputation to lean on? I, that, you know, it's true. It's true. I, I still think like, cause it was still kind of like what I was when I was my younger self. I still think it is okay to, well, actually I take that back. It depends, like, you know, there, there's definitely people who have the attitude of fake it until you make it, which mm. is totally fine. I've truthfully, I've had to do that sometimes myself, but I don't think that's how you should be going about it all the time. I think it's still okay for somebody to, who is still breaking out somewhere. And I am parsing this in the box of like, let's say media production, but I do think yeah. it can be considered a microcosm for almost anything else that if 
a, even if you're not necessarily willing to want to say, hey, I may be limited to this, if you are willing to put in the work to learn as much as you can about a topic or a project or something like that beforehand, you can at least, you can at least say, hey, I've done everything that I, that I know I can within my uh, abilities and expectations yeah. to do that, you know? Like when, when I was, when I was, when I was starting out and I was learning things about television or if I was learning how to do things with editing and it's especially easier now than it would be even 10 years ago, you know, I would like, I would search online, like, how do I do this? I would find like, I would find old textbooks. I even, I even like would hit up old like roommates or classmates of mine who might've been in a better field being like, so, Hey, I've got this thing that like, you know, I've got this thing where I need to know how to set up a wireless mic pack. I've never done that before. Can you just give me a quick yes. uh, rundown because, you know, and just as long, as long as you're willing to learn and even if you have a good or bad experience from it, as long as you take something away from it, and then just apply for the next time. Yeah. I don't know. I was a little all over the road. I apologize. No, no, I, I, I followed it. I, I think, you know, like a, a takeaway from that for me is, and I think this is true no matter what field you're in, but just like having that network around you of supportive people. And I, I feel like, especially in like creative pursuits that uh, it's come up a few times in this podcast with different guests. It's like, it's a very karmic kind of business where it's like, if you, whatever you put in, you kind of get out. Right. And so if you're cultivating really strong relationships with people, you can go back and say, how do you set up this wireless mic, mic pack? You know, like all that sort of stuff that it comes back to you. And it's, it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that you mentioned that. I don't know if I said this in my pre interview, but it's through karmic things like that. I, I, I truly believe through karmic places. And that is how I actually got my job at America's test kitchen. I don't know if I told you this story in my pre. I don't think so, but love to hear it. So the way that I got my job at America's Test Kitchen was truly either through karma or some whatever higher power you want to, you want to classify, because that's what I truly believe. At the time, you know, I had finished, I was no longer working at Planned Parenthood, and I had been unemployed for about three to four months. So mm -hmm. I was already going through that motion of like, okay, trying to figure out, you know, where am I going to be working next? And for anybody who's been unemployed for a while, just especially after a month or two, just that slog of continuously trying over and over again, sending out resumes, never hearing from them again, uh, trying to do what you can to feel like, you know, you're actually contributing to something to get a job. At the time, it sounds so weird, uh, but at the time, it's a little bit of a weird uh, uh, divergent. Uh, at the time, my husband, who is part of a soccer supporters group, of the of the Boston national team, the soccer team, the oh, New yeah. England Revolution. Mm -hmm. He is part of a supporters group and he's been there for years. And he was mentioning to me randomly that a friend of his who was a part of, who was a part of the supporters group, he just mentioned casually was like, oh my buddy, he works at America's Test Kitchen, like as a as he, he works part of production. Um, mm -hmm. It's basically, he works on the team that helps create all the covers and everything for the magazines. And anyways, like, oh yeah, my friend said that he works at America's Test Kitchen. He heard that you're out of a job. They're currently like looking for more people to like expand their video team. Cause at the time, the video team and the TV team were the same. And it was literally just uh. one person. So like they're, they're expanding <laughs> for more people. I, he says that he doesn't know the person who is in charge. But he said that if you want, if you want to send him your resume, he will drop it on their desk or something. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's a very sweet offer. I can't really imagine that's going to go anywhere. But you know what? 
fine. I sent him the resume. I gave it to him. And like, honestly, I kind of knew of his friend, but I didn't really know him that well. So I was like, uh, thanks, husband, soccer friend for doing (laughs) this for me. You don't really know me that well, but cool. And so, you know, he sends me an email a few days later. It's like, so, hey, I dropped, I dropped, I dropped the, I dropped the resume off on uh, this person's desk. It's funny. I mentioned your name and the person says she thinks she knows you. It's like, that's weird. Okay. And then no joke that same day, I got an email from, at the time, the, the, the director in charge of the video department, and she was an old colleague of mine that oh, I wow. worked with at a production company in Somerville, Massachusetts, like six or seven years ago. And they, like, we worked at the same production company, and this was when I was just, just starting in professional television. Like I started off as an intern and then worked as a PA, and I PA'd for her on a number of different shoots and shows. And she sent me this email to be like, so hey, this guy just dropped your resume on my front desk, and you will not believe me, but I swear to whatever above, I was talking to our my coworker just now and yesterday, saying like, oh, there was this guy that I worked with a few years ago at this production company, and he was always super cool and chill and willing to take on projects and things like that. I just wish I could remember his name because it was like six plus years ago. Mm. I know his name is Connor, but I don't know what. And so she's like, I, I know you won't believe me, but I literally was just thinking of you yesterday. Awesome. And then your resume shows up on my desk. So do you want to come in and have a chat? And I was just like, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> believe this is actually happening. And so, you know, I met up with her. Had an, I, like, I had a formal interview with her. And for, like, you know, they also interviewed other people but ultimately they did decide that they wanted me to be there. But it was just one of those things of just, as you said, karma. This was a person who I had not spoken to since my time there. So we are talking about six plus years. So the idea that she even remembered me, she may not have necessarily remembered my full name, but she remembered who I was and what I, and the work I was able to do that it really stuck out with her. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that because you know, when I started working at America's Test Kitchen, the video department, like I said, it was one person at the time, and then I made two. And, you know, through that evolution, we are now like a full, like a, a fully developed, fully amazing team of like many, many people with different talents. And it's incredible. So it's kind of like one of those, I'm so thankful I kind of like was able to get in on this on the ground floor as it were because yeah. like now our video team it is it is something to see and i would imagine it's probably a little bit more challenging to try to uh, get a job there now no probably but yeah that's a really that's an awesome story and i well i think it, it it also goes back to i mean it kind of closes the loop on you being willing to kind of take on projects right like that's i'm going to go out on a limb and say that's probably one of the things that she remembered about working with you was you know it, if you're going to hire someone, especially at that point, right, where mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's you as one person and, and you need help, you need to hire around you, I believe, someone that can kind of take on a lot of different roles. So yeah. you don't and- want someone with like a super specific role. So yeah, I, I imagine that's all kind of played into it. Yeah, like before, before I started working there full time, you know, I used to, I think, I think on my old cover letters, I used to joke how like, I like to cons- I like to consider myself a jack of all trades type because while mm-hmm. my primary focus was and is shooting and editing, I was like I have taken my time to learn about audio editing and equipment. I've learned I've tried my best to like keep up with animations, graphic design, even just aspects of even just 
basic organizational things in pro uh, for project managing on the mm. basic idea of somebody was like, Hey, we need you to create, you know, a project brief or like give us an Excel spreadsheet of like, you know, a breakdown of a shooting schedule or something like that. Even it's like, I may not be the person who excels in that, but I at least know enough that I can start, you know, uh, honing that and trying yeah. to create what I can. Do you feel like right now, uh, given, given the pandemic and a lot of work is being done remotely that yourself or, or people in similar roles need to be a bit more across everything? Um, yes, but I also say that with a caveat. I think okay. that yes, people definitely need to necessarily, uh, could theoretically, it's, a, it, it's joking, it's a good time to learn whatever you want, but also because everything is so uncertain and so for lack of a better term just bananas that that i almost feel like there's this universal understanding of it's kind of okay if you don't necessarily are know exactly everything because this everything about what we knew is also changed in just such a short time like four months ago we weren't you know at atk we we were still figuring out what we were going to do we uh, like on how on how we shoot things and we had to learn to adapt to be like okay everything that we know like we got to change instead of like shooting the way we do we got to start thinking about phones we got to start teaching people how to use a camera app we got to start figuring out what is the best accessories for a smartphone what's a cheap and easy like light that you can send to anybody who's never had knowledge about this before and express it in a way that any person can do it so I still think it's very good to try to learn as much as you can, but because everything is so kind of like uncertain right now, I feel like there's almost like this understanding of flexibility to be like, we still don't even really know like what, what works and what doesn't. And that's okay. Yeah. Because that's kind of, once again, an allegory for everything that's going on in the world right now. We still don't even know what, what works and what doesn't. Too true. Yeah. I kind of continuing with that idea and expanding, taking it to different platforms. You mentioned TikTok before. Uh, yes. How are you? This is, I, I'm super interested in this. I, I'm not on TikTok, but it's just one of those things that I kind of look at with a, you know, like out of the, the corner of my eye. How do you go about thinking like, so America's Test Kitchen is the demographic on TikTok. What kind of videos are you making? What's the approach? So, so it's very interesting. You talk about a learning opportunity. I'm kind of in the same boat with you as well. This is, this is the first time where I definitely like, I'm only 34, but this definitely feels like the first time of where I feel like I'm in, you know, my parents <laughs> being like, I don't get this TikTok thing. Like it's entertaining, but in terms of, I see people who are so amazingly successful, which is some of the content they come up with. And just, I sit there being like, how did you come up with this? How did your brain yeah. work to be like, I do this one silly thing and boom, millions of views and like subscriptions. Also, the weird thing about TikTok, it takes everything that I least cut a grasp of in terms of content and scheduling and what works for other social media platforms and it takes and it just throws it out the window there yeah. is like there's like no ideal time to post on tiktok there's no you can't oversaturate tiktok we've learned this like and normally it's like oh if you do like five posts in a row on twitter or instagram facebook like it's not going to get a lot of retention tiktok you can just keep feeding that just thing go. and it will just keep going there's like and so this has been a good learning opportunity for me as it is, because like I'm me and another person on our social team were the two point people on establishing America's Test Kitchen on there. And it's been a very interesting learning curve because to your point, it is not a demographic that we're normally used to. 
and that's okay. One of the things that we've really been striving for in the past year and a half is trying to expand our demographic because mm-hmm. our core demographic is of people of an older, you know, uh, older age range who yeah. grew up with the publications or the PBS or, you know, a public access television show. And that's great, but also we want to reach out to other people out there. So this has been a fun experiment of trying to learn more of that. To answer your other question of what is the content that we're putting out out there, it's very kind of exploratory right now. Right now, we are repurposing a lot of footage of, of videos we've already done because while we can't necessarily think of like the really spontaneous kind of crazy stuff out there we do know we do know that there's stuff that does work on there and that is kind of like this trend of oddly satisfying i'm sure you've seen it like Mm. soap carving or you know doing things just right or things like that and just makes makes things really oddly satisfying so we have a lot of stuff like that because we have years and years of beautifully shot food Mm. that is assembled that also has an educational purpose to it and it also has really cool tips along the way you know our our most popular video on tiktok right now is actually a video we uploaded to youtube all the way back in 2015 and the reason why is because it is a 30 second video of a tip on how to bake bacon in your oven (laughs) and it's all this is just a 30 second video of like odds are a lot of people still don't know like this is this is actually a really easy less messy uh slightly better way to make bacon where instead of putting it in a pan line you know you line a you uh, you preheat an oven to four uh, you know you line a you line a baking sheet and you do this cool thing with with tin foil where you actually crimp it so it looks kind of like uh raised platforms on there you lie the bacon on there you put it in a cold oven you preheat the oven to 400 degrees once it goes you then just rotate it for an additional two minutes and then that way everything is perfectly crisp not brown and all the fat and everything is not on the bacon it's all pooled down below so it's not soggy. So this is a video we made back in 20, like 15 or 2016 that we put up on our YouTube channel ages ago. And all I did was, is I took the video, I re-edited it, I, you know, I scaled things around so it would fit by the nine by 16 format. Mm. I sent the clips over to my, to my coworker in the social channel. She picked the music, because music is very important on TikTok and added the captions. And like we uploaded, I think, Oh gosh, you know, a few days ago, maybe last week, it already has over 50,000 views on it. Wow, so, cool. Yeah. So it's, it, but that was just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we know we've got a lot of either edu- like slightly educational or just really satisfying content. So that's what we've been doing. Related to the pandemic, we have so many people on who work at America's Test Kitchen who are not test cooks who are developing recipes. But one thing is everyone has a passion for food. So now that everyone's been at home, I've seen other coworkers, you know, do their own small videos on their Instagram stories of like making things. And because, you know, everyone, every, it's, it's a very close knit place. Like we could go be like, Hey, you made this gorgeous pie on your Instagram stories like two weeks ago. Would you be, could you send me that footage? Would it be okay for us to repurpose this and use it like on our Tic Tac platform? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. And so like, we're, we're taking a lot of this very visually pleasing stuff, but a lot of this home content and then we'll just also have like really just fun silly things once again another video from like 2016 that talks about two different types of gluten that is found in different types of flour hmm. um and to show that it's once again like a 45 second thing uh, to show that it's an old video of showing how certain types of flour the the molecules in it 
are completely different, so it's very stretchable. So to illustrate this point, we have somebody inflate a orb of gluten using like using like helium. So it's literally yeah. just imagine like a piece of dough on a helium nozzle opens it up and it's an orb of gluten that you can just jiggle around. So we put that on TikTok, that's also doing well. So it's it's been very interesting and it seems to be going okay, but we really are just kind of like, you know, that's just one side of it. Like yeah. in terms of like spontaneous, like stuff like that, we haven't really dived into it just yet because we still don't necessarily know what works for us as a company and what works with the people who might be ingesting this. That's really, that's, it seems like a big challenge to sort of like feed that beast, right? Like where if, especially on TikTok where it can, t it can take as much as you can give it, right? And well, it, it is. And also the thing is like, especially when you're trying to see what is working on there, I like, I've, I've joked this with my co uh, coworkers, having somebody monitoring TikTok, seeing what is trending, what is working, that could be a full-time job within yeah. itself. And <laughs> if we, and if like, you know, if we were, if we weren't working remotely, if like I was still, if we were still back in our office and everything, I would actually probably be devoting a lot more of my current time doing just that. So if I see yeah. something that is like, oh, somebody's doing something trending with eggs. Cool, I can go down to the office. I can flag one of my coworkers who works in one of the different teams who like, there's something cool about eggs. You wanna try doing something about eggs? Let's shoot it right now yeah. and we'll throw it up there. Hmm. But we can't really do that. We, well, we can, but it's a lot more difficult than just seeing something, being able to flag somebody in the office and doing it because on top of all this new stuff, everyone in all the other departments, like, ATK, that's the cool thing. No one at ATK has been laid off or yeah, furloughed. Everyone is great. still working, but it's just been adapted. So everyone is still doing their regular jobs just remotely. Mm. It's It's been very interesting to see. Yeah, so it probably, well, it slows things down a little bit, I'm sure, but yeah. I suppose you adapt. I'm really, something that you touched on before about repurposing sort of like your team members' content. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really thought about that before because that's always been... It's a big challenge for every every business. Anyone that wants to build a presence online is like, where do you, how do you continually come up with new stuff, and where does yeah. it come from? And so, looking to, and I, I wanted to ask you before, and this kind of plays into that. Do you lean on personalities more than you do the brand, or how do you like? So, if you're if you're pulling in content from, say, a team member who posted to their personal Instagram something that they mm -hmm. baked or made, what what's the thinking? behind that like are you building up personalities or is it mostly brand focused so if you had asked this question like maybe a few years ago i think it would have definitely been a little bit more brand focused we have been making a very conscientious choice to now kind of like show uh play up more of the personality of the people who work at america's test kitchen because they're mm -hmm. all really interesting funny people and they all come from so many different backgrounds like not just our test cooks, but people who contribute in all of our different departments. You do have people who like learned classical cooking and used to teach cooking in, in France. And then you've also mm -hmm. got people who just worked in the restaurant industry for, you know, as a back cook for like 10 plus years. It would, like they take in so many different people who have such a different wide variety of different types of expertise. It's really fascinating. And within that, like everyone there is like, super you know they're super chill and informative and cool and we realized that like we we made this decision a few years ago because you know atk has now been here for like 20 years yeah so it's kind of like one of those where i feel like we can say with good certainty that we are definitely an, an authority on 
how we go about how we go about developing our recipes and the content that we bring out there like people who know us know that we can do this with confidence we don't have to kind of like and so it's like oh you should you should trust us or it's like that's already there because we because we put in the work so many different so many years ago in different ways so now we feel like this is definitely the time especially now that we're putting so much effort into a video web presence to be like okay we've already established that we are pretty well versed in what we do so let's now have some fun with this let's mm -hmm. really show the people behind this that really make this um, like these amazing recipes so we you know we've kind of got like you know we've got many different departments of, of america's test kitchen we've got one of our magazines cooks illustrated the other one cooks country we've got people who are entirely devoted to a books team we've got people who are devoted um to a testing like a kind of like a testing portion who like test out different products and ingredients and stuff like that it's all very we also have like a kids like a completely atk kids department so we like we have all these people now let's utilize them let's show yeah. what makes them awesome and what drives them on why they enjoy doing this stuff <laughs> the joys of working from home <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> um that's just my wife popping in so continuing on that i think well almost just well, I'm just going to go with the pun. Uh, it's kind of baked into the brand, isn't it? The America's test kitchen. Everything's a test. So yeah, yeah, no, uh, it, it, it really, it really is. And it's just also been, it's, it's really fun. The, I can, I can definitely say with confidence that the people who are there, whether they're developing recipes, whether they're on camera, whether they're taking photos or food styling, everyone really, you can clearly see the enthusiasm that yeah, people have. That's awesome. I've never really, I've never really interacted with anyone who's just like, eh, it's a living. I'm just doing this for a paycheck. Yeah, you know? it's not that kind of brand, is it? It's really not. Like yeah. the people, the people who work there definitely have an enthusiasm for what we are doing, but also just the concept of cooking in its many different ways, shapes, and forms yeah. together. And it's super cool. So we've now we've definitely been trying to show off more of that, and also, you know. We're very serious about what we do, but we're also now trying to show up. It's like just because we're serious about what we do doesn't mean that we have to be serious all the time. Like, right. We, yeah. can, we can have fun. Seriously good fun. Exactly. Uh, so what's what's next then? I mean, this is obviously so a brand like this, ATK, has been around for 20 years. There's been this seismic shift in content production and content consumption and you know, largely video. And that trend is just gonna keep going. Uh, yeah so where what's the future of atk and then you personally like where where do you see this going and, and where's your involvement i mean i obviously i can't i can't say what atk's plans are but my hope hmm. with that is is that you know as as things continue moving forward we continue learning growing expanding and adapting with whatever that is i would personally and they like i need to preface this that they already are they're already taking steps which is good atk i i'm really hoping that as you know as a future we also do a we do a job of continuing to push out there the many different voices and cultures that make up food and mm. like just the history behind that we you know just because just because we are an expert on things doesn't mean that we should not be forgetting the roots of where it came from and yeah. the different cultures that it comes from. So definitely showing up more of uh, diversity. Mm -hmm. I think that's very, very important. And 
we've already started taking steps for that, but I'm hoping we can take that idea and really, really run with it. Cool. The other thing that I'm hoping that we will do, we've also kind of started taking baby steps is because we are, because we are such a well established name and platform, I'm hoping we will start using this as a way to lift up other people who are just starting out with their platform. We, we've started doing this thing where we start reaching out to different chefs, different writers, different people within the food sphere and try to do collaborations with them where yeah. instead of just like, oh, they're coming here to work on an ATK thing, it's more of, no, we have these people here who are, you know, who are starting out or getting their name out there. And if we can help collaborate with them, if that will help them on their own personal journey, whatever that might be, I think that's a very wonderful and noble thing to work at. And I like that idea that we can use our platform to elevate other people. Yeah, so it's a, it, a noble, noble goal. I like it. Yeah. And I think for me personally, well, you know, I really enjoy what I am doing at America's Test Kitchen. I really don't see, it's not like I'm planning on trying to exit anytime soon. I really like what I'm doing there. I guess as an ultimate goal for me in the future, it kind of comes down to two very different tiers. Um, There's the one part of me that would continue maybe at some point to work for a nonprofit of some kind, something akin to Planned Parenthood. I really like the idea that once again, I can contribute my talents and resources to help people out there, even if it's in a small step. Mm -hmm. And then the other complete opposite side of that would be more of a personal project of mine is um, working in relation to another industry. And that is uh, related to video games. Okay. Um, For me, for me personally, Mm -hmm. in my personal time, and I am, I enjoy, I enjoy video games very much. It's been a part of my life ever since I was a little kid, but not just the enjoyment of it. I enjoy learning everything about the video game industry, how games are made, everything behind that. And I think it would be really, really as a fun thing for myself is if I could use my talents to either help different game industries or do reporting on different types of industry style news. Yeah. So like I said, Two, two things I both greatly enjoy, two very different categories. <laughs> no, it's good though. It's good to have like different interests like that. So I think it keeps you going. I've got to ask one, one more question on your mm-hmm. Twitter profile. Be gay, do crimes. Yes. <laughs> what crimes are we talking about? <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, it's kind of a joke thing that I say around my husband and my friends. So if, if, like I'm, I make no hide of it. If if you if you have found my Twitter, it it shows that I am unapologetically queer about mm. all things. And I it originally kind of started off as a goof, but definitely as the years have gone by, I'm definitely definitely very vocal about how how there's a lot of injustice and things mistreated within uh, the queer community, especially queer people of color, transgender people out there. For me the joke be gay do crimes is just this idea of be be your unapologetic self and shake things up because honestly the status quo the normal it is not it is not for so many people the status quo and the normal is for a very in my personal opinion vocal minority in all things considered but that is just that is my own 
personal takeaway. Um, no, I, and that is, and that's my own personal belief. It has absolutely nothing related to do with, um, <laughs> with what I do for work. <laughs> Crystal clear. No doubt. I just thought I'd ask cause I had a good, I got um, a good fun, fun joke. Your, your view, the, the idea of be gay do crimes, um, is also kind of tangentially related to a video game. There's a video game uh, out cool. there. Me and my husband are giant fans of it's an indie game, but there's, uh, there's this joke between two characters, uh, who are best friends. And all it says is just like, they're almost kind of like their sign off is like as friends is just go, one goes crimes with a question mark and the other <laughs> one goes crimes. And me and my husband love that so much. Uh, your viewers won't be able to see it, but I'm going to angle it so you can see it. We actually have matching tattoos oh, nice. of it. <laughs> so I've got the one with the question mark. He's got the one with the exclamation mark. <laughs> Could you send me a picture of that? I'll, po I'll post it with the, uh, with the episode. <laughs> uh, yes, I can show you. Actually, um, I can send you the photo of that me and my husband took together when we got it. And nice. we actually got it for, I think it was for our 10th anniversary. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations, belatedly. <laughs> Connor, uh, thank you for sharing all that you did and being so open and, and willing to, to, to talk about everything. Is there any, uh, any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share or anywhere that you'd like to send people to have a look at what you're doing? I mean, in terms of if people wanted to check out things I'm doing professionally, you know, this is where I would plug, like, if, if you enjoy cooking of any kind, please check out americastestkitchen.com. Check out our YouTube page. That's actually the thing that we are producing the majority of all of our new content we are putting basically trying to put out new content on our youtube page if not every day like you know every other day so youtube.com slash america's test kitchen please check that out for me personally if anyone is interested in if anyone is if, if anyone is interested in photography they can check out my instagram which is instagram.com slash spiffs photos i should also quickly mention my whole online handle is spiff because that is related to the calvin and Hobbes strip I loved Calvin and Hobbes, uh, still do. Actually, I have a Hobbes tattoo as well. I have a lot of tattoos. <laughs> so the persona of Spaceman Spiff, one of Calvin's personas is kind of what I use for uh, my online presence. But if you like photos, please check. I do portrait photography for fun as a hobby at Instagram.com slash Spiff's photos. Cool. If you would like to see me rant and rave about all things queer related, video games, animals, pictures of my dogs, cat. You can check out my Twitter at twitter.com space underscore man underscore spiff. And if any related to video games, if anybody likes streaming video games, watching uh, video game streams, I'm actually an active um, video game streamer on Twitch at twitch.com slash spiffs games, S-P-I-F-S-G-A-Y-M-E-S. We'll play on words. And I guess the only, like, the only parting words, I guess, that I that I guess I would have is it kind of touches on a little bit of what we've already talked about. Just like, don't be afraid to keep learning everything that you can. Don't be afraid to accept limitations. Just don't accept them as like, that's the be all end all. Mm. And I guess it's kind of like a bigger thing that not just with work, but in general, like something that I strive really hard for is, you know, especially now it was like long, this was my mentality long before the garbage fire of 2020 that happened. It's, it's like, if, if you can just, just try to be kind, just try to be kind and cool, you know, like it, it really, it really boggles my mind at times just how the very basic concept of just treating people with respect and understanding is apparently such a tall order for a lot of people out there. But I know that while that may be the case for a lot of people out there, it is not everybody out there. And I truly, truly do believe that as 
time keeps going on, it is the people who are kind and compassionate who will outlive um, people who are not. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you like this content and want to learn more about how to leverage video for your business, for yourself, please head over to DearVideo.com, sign up to receive our video marketing playbooks where we go deep into the strategies, the tactics, the processes, and even the tools that you can use to make the right video at the right time so that you can grow your business and connect with your audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Give Dear Video a rating. We'd love to hear from you, and the feedback is always important to us. Thanks so much for listening. Go make some awesome video, and until next time, see ya.